Hey, everybody. Fantastic morning show to close out the week. We talk about Boki and its unholy pump that happened in the past 24 hours from 0.6 to over 1.7 ETH. Ben Jamin talks us through what inspired him to buy that. We talk about the Boriaku Dragons drop on Ethereum, the Akumu Dragons. Easy Eats discusses why he was initially fading it and admits that he was incorrect about the call. We also talk about narratives in NFT projects, including my personal favorite, Akutars. Uh, so hope you enjoy the show. As usual, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday. This is the NFT morning show. Last show of the week. We do this show from 9 a.m. to 1030 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. It's all about NFT market trade talk, stories, trends, Everything that's going on in the NFT market. Really excited to talk to you guys this morning. There's a lot of action in the NFT market. Again, two days in a row. Really fun times. People making money. People losing money. That's for sure. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. Nifty Nick, happy Friday. Yo, I'm just picturing you walking into like a room and being like, yo, what's up, everybody? I just entered the room. Here's the deal. I, what I'm looking out the window, I'm observing things. There's things outside. There's weather out there. What I'm seeing inside here is all of you beautiful people. I'm very excited to be in this room right now. There's some very exciting things that we should be discussing right now in this moment here. Yeah, I mean that's the image I'm trying to create. So I'm glad that you're picturing it. And it sounds, when, you, when you when you walk in the room, yeah, it sounds like you, it, <laughs> and, and and I'm like I'm like yo yo I'm, I was just I was just sitting here like eating food, shoveling food in my mouth, dude. Like what like yo I, I can't even I can't even respond. I can't even respond to what what the energy you just brought. It's like holy like I got food in my mouth. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, I bought ice cream despite the fact that I was trying to kick sugar. And then here I am uh, having some ice cream and you caught me. You caught me. And you're like, what's going on, everybody? I just walked in the room. Nixie and ice cream. That's expected. That guy eats a lot of sugar. <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't tell you to not eat your bagel, your ice cream or whatever. Other I don't eat bagels. Okay. Mm -hmm. This whole bagel perspective that's been falsely c created about me just feels I, I don't know. It, it, it feels a little weird. I'm going I'm to be honest. It feels it feels a little odd. It's just because in the morning sometimes we hear you and you're like, yeah, I think that NFT might go up. <laughs> and it's like I just picture you with a, a mouthful of bread. Uh, you know, I stayed up last night watching a basketball game that I don't even care about. Let's go. I, I, I want to be clear about that. Like, I literally – don't you care said it who was a went. Great game. You said it was a great game. It was. It was a good game. It was a good game. But I, I don't really care about the outcome, um, because I, I used to be a fan of Golden State at living in San Francisco, and it's weird. I don't know. You kind of want the 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 team that's not that that's less likely to win uh, to win, and that's what happened last night. Um, the subpar team, you know, oh, yeah. overcame all of the odds and uh, somehow won. 
Well, uh, unfortunately, this isn't the NFT sports show. Maybe we'll launch that in the future because I'd love to just uh, talk shop about sports. But everybody knows that the Boston team is going to win because it's just much harder to live in Boston than San Francisco. San Francisco has fantastic food. It has very mild weather. It has great You have nightlife. to battle, battle like uh, aggressive homeless people off of you when you're walking down the street. And I'm going to be honest, that's something that prepares you for basketball defense. That's a new thing. In Boston, you have to battle, you know, a bunch of white guys that have tattoos that are like, you know, what's your fucking problem? So that's so like, you, know, you guys are dealing the with the same thing. issues pretty much. <laughs> 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 um, anyways, uh, we got to get down to business with NFTs because there's been a lot of action. We have Signal uh, ready to rock and roll with our weather report. Happy Friday, Signal. How are you? Happy Friday. Morning, folks. Today, Friday, the 3rd of January. It's it's looking pretty good out there. We've got open sea volume at 36. Looks we're at nine. So we're hitting around 45 million in volume, which is a nice city continue. On the blue chips, apes are at 94, mutants 18 and punks at 48. While moonbirds, doodles and clonex are just ranging. And over the past 20 Wait, hold on. Out, is Goblin Town not included in the blue chips? I'm it's confused. not. It's not included in the blue chips, but it is in the weather report. <laughs> Give me okay. a moment. We'll get to Goblin Town. <laughs> over the past 24 hours, um, it's a strange one. Overnight, Boki had the highest volume in sales, over $5 million. Their floor shot up to 1.8 ETH, and both Star Catchers and Wonder Powers are following that meta and have pumped to around 0.2. On Goblin Town, we're seeing a slight retracement from its all-time high, but it's still the project with the second highest volume in the 24-hour rankings, and that floor is at 6.5 ETH. And Akutars are up overnight after the team announces an upcoming airdrop for holders in collaboration with street-bound paper planes. That floor is up to 0.85. And Muffers are back up after Satoshi tweeted the other day that on June 9th, the next chapter opens, and that floor is at 2.4 ETH. A very obvious buy if you were familiar with the muffers um, on markets btc is at 29 ETH is at around 1700 so it is trending down while btc is holding overall if we combine OpenSea and looks rare volume it's steady despite eth going down the goblin meta is slowing down and a lot of the winners of the past 24 hours are coming from older projects like boki akutars wonder pals which have been out for a while so this is great about this period because liquidity and the good wins are happening sub one eth so for now the 24-hour forecast is spells of good weather but take an umbrella back to you folks Fantastic weather report signal. Uh, a lot of interesting activity like you talked about. Uh, is there anything in particular that you're excited about when you see the market right now, Sig? You know what? Um, I would love to hear if somebody can tell me what happened with Boki because I, when I saw that volume, I was like, this project's been out for a really long time. Um, I went into several discords. Everybody's asking, why did Boki bump? Because that went from around 0.3, 0 0.4 to basically 1.8 in the space of 36 hours. And then Star Catchers and Wonder Pals just followed this very strange meta. So um, it's an interesting period. I really like it because the winds are under sub 1 ETH. So it's just a matter of like knowing the projects, knowing the teams, being in the discords. And if you can, you know, if you can figure out what to do and pick the right project, there's a win within 24 hours. This is exactly what we were saying the other day uh, was spot on with it, where we're, the, a lot of the action is going on sub one ETH, which is really exciting if you're into 
just aggressive gambling, you know? And uh, so it's super super fun. It's just a perfect environment to be placing, you know, a hundred dollar bet here, a hundred dollar bet there. Um, But in all honesty, that, that is, um, that is kind of the overall market that we're in, which is super exciting. Star catchers. Yeah. That's random AF star catchers and wonder piles, random AF back from uh, uh, irrelevance. Um, they're, they're, they're back. So who, who knew, who knew, uh, but I, I got one guy on stage that I think knows at least something about Boki and that's Mr. Ben Jammin. What's going on, Ben? GMPO. I know absolutely fucking nothing about this project, <laughs> but I use NFT nerds. So I bought in. <laughs> <laughs> so can you, Oh, were you just you watching watch- the volume and then you bought in? That's crazy. You're not even using nerds, right? I was, I was were you using the one the minute candle? Yeah, I you was looked at volume at the, on the, the five minute candle and aped, huh? Crazy I was strategy. At the thirty second candles on <laughs> NFT nerds. Nah, but um, no, I really was looking at NFT nerds. Um, it's become one of, if not my my favorite tools to use. Shout out to Sneaky Ninja Pants for for putting me onto that. Um, I, I always think it's funny that people still have monikers like Sneaky Ninja Pants that we refer to as people. But um, yeah, so I was looking at it, and w- what I saw, there was definitely a pump around like the 0.5, 0.6 range. But um, to me, I was looking at the fact that there were more um, purchases coming in than listings being put up. And this this isn't a project that like just revealed last night where, you know, you're expecting people to all right find out what they got and then list or or like there's more supply to come or anything like that. So um, with a project that's already sustained at certain prices, I saw that there was um, – you know, a big sell wall before one ETH. And if they were able to climb past that, which at the time, the amount of purchases, um, the sales were higher than the combination of listings plus relistings down, um, which is like if someone has a listing at one and they relist at 0.8, NFT nerds will capture that. So that's a a metric I like to look at. And um, once it got past one, it pretty much flew, which is what I expected. Um, I had my my listings at around 1.25 to 1.5 because um, that's where I thought that the the volume would take it up to. And to my surprise, it went even further than that. But I was happy with my flips. I, I bought a, a couple at 0.8, sold them around 1.2, 1.3 and used the profits on that to buy another wrecked guy. Really? Okay, very nice. Rec Guy has seen a bit of a pullback from its all-time high, uh, and you have a couple of them. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, i i like to I like to um, you know when it, when I make speculative uh, bets or something like that, or I'm able to take profits from a project that I don't intend to stay in long term. I typically like to roll those profits into a project that I do like and. And granted, if Rec Guy pumps to to a certain amount, then I'll probably sell that off too to claim the profit. But um, I do like getting into projects that you know I was looking at with profits from projects that I don't intend to stay in long term. That makes sense. We have someone with a Rec Guy PFP on stage right now. I'm seeing Rec Guy is at 0.74, so I think it's actually bounced off of its low. Uh, Spencer, you have your hand raised. Was there something you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting to watch Wrecked Guy's arc because it felt a lot like um, some of the early projects where when Snoop Dogg changed his profile picture to a Wrecked Guy, it pumped really hard to like 1.2. 
And then it, it had a sort of hangover effect back down to 0.5, but I think it was an overcorrection down. I think we used to see this a lot more where when celebrities would change their profile picture, you'd see this initial pump of everyone being like, oh my goodness, like Snoop Dogg. Oh, God. That, that's what right I did. Now. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's a big deal. And then, like, yeah, Snoop Dogg's great, but the, the long-term thesis on, like, it's not like Snoop Dogg is going to change his profile to it every single day and post about it every single day. And so I think, like, that effect is kind of a bump. And, you know, it, it's healthy to see it pump and then correct down a little bit and then recover. And so I don't think this is actually a really downward movement. I think we just had this, like, moment of inflated expectations because of Snoop Dogg. And the the upward growth, like, like the, the moment where it hit 1.2 was, was an overcorrection up. Then there was an overcorrection down, and we're just... 0.7 is a continuation of just an upward trend in my view. Okay. And are you privy to long-term plans surrounding Rec Guy? I mean, look, like OSF and Mando have shown have done something that nobody else in the space has done, which is they had a project that they launched, it didn't work out, which was DGENs and regens, and then they stuck with it, changed the project, revitalized it. And so when it comes to Rec Guy, I think that my fear of it just like not doing anything is pretty is pretty small because the people building it have shown a really keen sense of what they've done i've also had the the pr privilege of getting to work together with osf and mando on the rug radio dow council and i'd say there's few people in the space that i have as much respect for as the two of them they just kind of get it <laughs> and in a meta where we've seen a lot of project founders not get it <laughs> having product founders that really get it and get what works and what's going on in the space to a really significant level i think is refreshing yeah absolutely and i've been saying uh you know with other projects that either you know didn't sell out right away or didn't have a kind of stellar trajectory previously the the best thing to do is to just stick with it and go hard and then when you actually do drive that sales volume to the project on the secondary i think that the market has an even more positive response because they're like oh man like you know these founders understand how to drive volume to the project and that's the single most important thing in the nft space right is number go up and or numbers stay the same at a minimum. Um, I'm here no, for the audio. <laughs> Ben's here for the art, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's what you got to know. Um, uh, Node, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Listen, gun to my head. I'm going to put it on wax and say <laughs> the wrecked guys are going past two, three ETH. I Ooh. love wrecked guy. Love Ooh. it. Put it on wax right now. Really? How many do you have? I, I have two. I just really wanted to say put it on wax. That was mostly it. But I, but I, but I do. I, I will say this. I the art, the there's something about it, right? Like that he captured it. It's got the it's got the MF -er vibe. I love I love everything about like just the ethos. Everything all, the vibe you get from it, right? You, you know, D's D's is kind of famous for just buying off of vibes, right? And this has this has the vibe for kind of like an authentic authentic uh, collection. Now. What that means in the long term, I, I honestly don't know. I, it, it gives me MF or vibes as well. Um, but I do. I'm a big fan of the project. It's vibey. It's definitely vibey. Um, attractive price right now, 0.74. Uh, 
it, it pains me that I was looking at it at VCon at like 0.25, but I didn't have access to my wallet, so I couldn't buy it. Uh, but yeah, 0.74, not a terrible price for Rec Guy. And I, I like uh, Spencer's analysis of the price action. Um, easy. You were playing nine holes of golf this morning, preparing for the 18 holes that we're going to be playing tomorrow where we both get wrecked on the golf course. What do you make of what's going on in the NFT space right now? <laughs> did you have an active day yesterday? Uh, I did. Yeah, I was actually buying a lot more stuff on Solana, even though it's down sub 40. So that's a lot of fun. Currently on the eighth hole, so I still got one more to go here. We're actively outside touching <laughs> Are grass. Are you really on the golf course right now? Of course I am. Where else would I be? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the market was crazy yesterday. A lot of still the same idea, like a lot of these shitty goblin derivatives. It seems like those have finally started to slow down. We saw a wrecked guy goblin derivative yesterday that got a little bit of legs. But other than that, the market's kind of ugly. Like, I think we're finally getting past this degen phase uh, where it's like free mints and people just ape and you make an ETH off of uh, minting 100 free mints. We'll see, though. It's I don't know. ETH is down bad at the moment. It kind of broke below its support. So I think overall I'm kind of sitting hands for, for the weekend. But we'll see how the market reacts. I had that call last night. I, I, Nick DM'd, did. I, I DM'd easy and I sent um, Nick one as well, Captain Kicks. And I was like, look, I think we're headed for uh, at least 1,700 here. But unfortunately, you know, the uh, they had to come out with these positive economic news sort of bullshit. You know, I'm getting hey, tired. I'm, I'm getting tired of this sort of uh, macro environment trying to act positive, you know, uh, because w we're trying to get deals here, people. We're trying to see our portfolio drop by about another 50 percent <laughs> before we end up uh, really aping in a, in a mean meaningful way. Um, but anyways, yeah, ETH, ETH technicals look. Uh, not pretty and same as Bitcoin. So it's uh, I I'm actually wondering um, it if it weren't for uh, the macroeconomic news, I feel like just technically we're headed for uh, more capitulation and then you'll see um, a temporary uh, uh, slowdown in NFT volume at least once more uh, until we're ranging once again. I love how if Nick is framing things like, okay, now I want to actually buy in on the cheap. He gets excited about things going down. But if he's not framing things that way, if it goes down by like a hundred bucks, like if Bitcoin goes down by a hundred bucks, all of a sudden Nick's in full panic. So it's it's funny for me to hear. Are you talking about on the show? No, I mean I think that that's more for the uh, point of making it entertaining and relatable. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but I think. Uh, if you're, it, it, you're making it entertaining and relatable well, when we're if, just if on a phone call, if, you and if, me. It's just well, you and I me on a to, phone call. I have to live in that sort of existence so I can bring that energy here. You're a method actor. You're like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> exactly. I'm acting as uh, Nick O'Neill on a daily basis. It's crazy. That's crazy. So we have a new speaker on stage, Gainsfelt. It says that you are a genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, and then my least favorite of your titles, you do marketing for some app. So let's talk about anything besides that app you do marketing for um, and get your perspective on what's going on in the NFT market. Good morning, guys. Yes, I will not go and shill some app today. Earlier this week, I was feeling like shit. I was sick. I couldn't get out of bed. Goblin was pumping. I had no other choice than just tweet, coping, and memeing about Goblins. Yesterday, my good friend, NFT King, said, Gains, you have to buy a bokey. That was actually two days ago. I said, bro, I can't get out of bed. I can't go and buy a bokey. He just kept saying, bokey, bokey. Today, 
I woke up to my surprise that I actually did remember to buy three bogeys yesterday, and I made money because they went from point six to point no one point eight today. So now I actually made money in NFTs, and now I don't know what to do. So I'm hoping <laughs> to get some advice from you guys. What am I supposed to do now that I've actually made some money in NFTs? Did you did you sell the bogey? No, I did not because that will make the gains real. And if I make them real, then I don't know what to do. You probably <laughs> got to change your bio then. You're not gains felt. You're gains unrealized. <laughs> Th that is correct. Um, but, you know, you can't change your name once you've made it. And actually, I feel... <laughs> Ask I'm Captain Kicks about that. I was going to say, Gainesfeld, you have very interesting rules. You're, you're putting yourself in a self-imposed prison. Are you still yeah. a genius billionaire? Or should we edit that in the bio as well? Yeah, so the thing is, I'm actually... NFTs did make me a millionaire, but that's because I started out as a billionaire. Oh, well, that, well, there you go. So you went from a billionaire to a millionaire with NFTs. That's exactly and how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. And now he's speaking on our show randomly. Know? He was requesting to come up, that, as, as billionaires typically do on this show. Oh, yeah. They're, they're knocking on the door every day. Um, so, look, with Boki, someone DM me, and I think that this is actually accurate. I'm 90% I'm sure, which is a higher percentage probability than we usually give on this show. Um, I'm 90% sure that the artist behind Boki is the artist from Star Catchers. If you look at the art, it's almost identical, and somebody just sent me that. So that would expect the completely random Star Catchers pump, uh, Nick. Um I don't know what caused this random Boki pump. The art on Boki is dope. I mean, this this artist is really good like for this kind of cartoony style that seems to work well in the NFT space. I don't know why there was no attention on the project for a while. I'm looking now, by the way, and there's some very, very similar traits even between Star Catchers and Boki. But that is like a pretty unholy pump on Boki that we saw here in the past 24 hours. I mean, the gains that you can get even in a bear market in NFTs really are wild. And for people that don't know, Star Catchers and Wonder Pals, I, I was trying to remember the name of Wonder Pals for like three or four shows this week. Uh, and, and I'm glad somebody brought it up. These two were really, really, really hyped up. They were presented as great teams, great uh, artists. And I'm also wondering how those narratives start. Like what arbitrarily makes somebody, uh, you know, a, a, or makes a team for an NFT project just known to everybody as a, as a good team when they're like 70% anon? I think that's a question that well, we need to start asking. they hang out at asking. LA nightclubs is one of the things that I hear is a good indicator. So you want to be hanging out there buying bottle service as well and getting your name of your unlaunched project uh, posted on one of the boards as the bottle service is delivered. That's before you've launched the project. So that's a really important thing. You want to show that on Instagram. So that's kind of the way that um, I feel like hype is developed around some of these different things. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think w when you're um, when there's a big hunger for buying, uh, all you need all you needed was a project with uh, half decent art. Although it did sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, there were a number of things that was around the same time as Weather Report, right? Um, a classic project uh, which was destined to become a blue chip uh, before uh, unfortunate disaster struck. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a it's a similar pattern that played out. Um, now people are just looking back. Man, I, I was thinking of actually running a query of the top, you know, uh, 200, 300 projects, maybe even 500. I don't know that there are that many that are. Uh, 
whichever ones have gone over a thousand ETH in secondary volume, frankly, and just run a query to get all those, put those on a list and then go back and look through all those different projects. Cause there's a lot of ones like that where it just was like temporarily out there. I see a number of hands raised though. So I'm assuming that uh, Ben Jammin and Signal have some uh, takes on this. Yeah. Signal, what's going on? Yeah, no, I should say, do you not remember a, a while back that Starcatcher's artist got fired? There was a lot of FUD. Um, I'm trying well, to remember his name. They didn't get fired. That, they, that they, one is a lawsuit. Well. Is, the, is the thing with Starcatchers. Is there, <laughs> the, the artist was represented by uh, an agency, and the agency claimed that, and they said, like, any sales of their art, they're supposed to take, like, 10% of, and they didn't give them 10% of the Starcatchers launch. And so there's a lawsuit around Starcatchers. Damn. But then wasn't wasn't the artist from Starcatchers the same one they used in Bocky, and then Bocky ended up firing the artist uh, because there was there was something that he, I think he or she had done some strange activity on Starcatchers, and so Bocky got tainted essentially by the Starcatchers yeah, artist. Yeah, they were sniping the reveal. Yeah, Damn, that was all it. these Thank projects. You. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and then so normally when you see these huge pumps that come out from nowhere and you go and check in five, six discords and you can't find the reason, there's normally an alpha group an alpha group behind it. And if one alpha group gets behind it and then another one hears about it, that's when you can get these insane pumps. It doesn't happen very often, but that's the only reason I think uh, Bucky pumped this hard because no one's given me a, a different reason and there's no announcement in their discord. Yeah, it's definitely totally random. And for it to have a 1.73 ETH floor price right now is gnarly. Ben, was there something you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I wanted to comment on something that Nick was just referring to. But uh, Signal raised a good point that if, if you really can't find what the the um, initiator of a pump is, it's probably an alpha group. And then, you know, Boki hit like a, an alpha group perfect storm where... You know, one alpha group tells another one and then they all start buying and, and then people see the momentum and start buying in. So there, there's definitely uh, some tr uh, validity to that. Um, but I, I wanted to comment on, on what Nick was saying about, like, how do projects get such hype before even having a launch or be referred to in, in such positive ways? Um, it's really interesting that, you know, the Goblin Town project that has taken the space by storm that has been one of the most talked about projects ever already only has like 50 or so thousand followers on Twitter. And how many of these projects do we see that pop up out of nowhere that have 200,000 followers or 300,000 followers? And I think that it's something that people should really pay attention to because um, people will buy into a project just because they have a lot of Twitter followers. But most of the time it's it's inorganic. And to see Goblin Town, which you know has one of the best social media marketing presences that I've seen out of any project in NFTs, to only have around 50k followers, I think is a real testament to the fact that um, people look at things that don't matter as much compared to what you know quality is actually being put out in terms of like from a team perspective based on you know metrics like Discord users or Twitter followers that are usually not even accurate. Yeah. Like when we look back on the NFT era from 2021 and, and even 2022 here, I think when they, ref you know, they compare it to like ICOs and stuff, which I do think is going to happen, like that this is the next version of like the 2017, 2018 ICO craze. I think they'll point to these projects that had like exactly what Ben just said, like these random ass pumps. And there was really no merit behind the amount of money that went into them besides like 
pure, pure speculation. The sniping rares thing beforehand has always been the funniest thing to me because it just feels so desperate for like an extra buck. It's like these people aren't even in the grand scheme of things making that much money off of that unethical behavior. If you just made something good and worked really hard on it month in and month out, look at how much money some of these projects make on secondary market volume. Like look at how much doodles has made on secondary market volume. You don't want that kind of money. You'd rather just snipe a rare pre-reveal unethically and then end up getting caught for it and your project goes into the toilet. I've just always thought it was really interesting. Um, I'm trying to get my guys. That's because you got, that's because you got an employee that's not getting paid enough or uh, is like super young and, uh, just opportunistic and not seeing the bigger picture, which is, uh, I mean, that that's not exactly 60% surprising. of the NFT space right there. Dude, dude like, I, I feel like the, the, I was making a joke about the LA nightclub, but wasn't that literally what the weather report people were doing? It was like their Instagram was them. Uh, they had some other Instagram and out of nowhere, they were uh, launching an NFT project. And it's just, it, it's entertaining to uh, observe. Um, but yeah, I mean, th that's just what happens when you poorly structure uh, the system and, and you're not and you're not thinking long term, like you're saying. But it's usually not the CEO that, that's that's doing that uh, unless, unless you're the one that created um, Azuki. Uh, but <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, instead it, you usually although I don't think that he even um, that Zagabond uh, participated in sniping rares, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty common thing. It's the same thing with uh, what? Uh, who's the guy that just went to jail? Um, Nate? Yeah, Nate. Didn't go to it, I don't think he went to jail, but he's being charged. He was arrested. It said he was arrested. So I don't know if he actually was put in prison. Uh, but if you're being arrested, I'm assuming that you would have to at least uh, or, or I guess they could just bring you down there to charge you and then you leave. It sounds I'm, like Nick, you have an Nick, intimate you have a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I know I'm, this was a well-experienced uh, event in the cell. Look, I've been arrested a number of times. I, I was going to okay? say. So Nick's been in the system. He's hard. The fingerprints are on on wax, right? <laughs> well, first of all, gun to the I, head. I would love to see them just try to take Nick out of his uh, Brooklyn high-rise apartment. Just wow, try. you're just like throwing me out there, huh? Just saying exactly <laughs> what my what, uh, look. What, what do you mean? I didn't say anything more. It's look, you're not living on the first floor, right? It's wait, not the yo, first which, floor. You're not in the basement. Which high-rise was that again? <laughs> hey, Nick, I'm on the 41st floor in the new apartment, so I'm putting myself out there too. It's not that big of a deal, right? Um, but I do like the idea of you, uh, you know, just kind of resisting arrest. No, I'm just kidding, Nick. I would not want to see you arrested, and I know that you are not doing. Uh, this. Hey, really, I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time out of this show to explain that to, to me. Thank you. Well, hey, everyone needs to know. Uh, Nick doesn't do anything slimy, so he's not going to get arrested. He'll probably be arrested for for something he says. Hey, even more <laughs> further explanation of my behavior is really appreciated. Thank you, <laughs> Spencer. You have your hand raised. Save us. Save us, please. Yeah. Say so something I've got, smart. I've got some some actual. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's been discussed on the show yet, but I've got some alpha here that sure. um, uh, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about that Goblin Town. Um, true to true to what's been saying is actually going to have a burger truck at NFT NYC as their big sort of masterpiece event. Yep. Um, and it, it's interesting to me because it reminds me a lot of Mr. Beast Burger, um, the concept that they're going for there. Uh, 
I also are you telling us that that this is Mr. Beast behind this project? I I mean, no, no, but it could be Night Media, which would be a really interesting thing. I don't know if it is, and that's just pure speculation. I think it's probably not. But there's definitely a model here for leveraging IP to create like a burger truck brand that worked really well. Um, I was also, if, if there's something interesting to check out, 10KTF yesterday released a teaser video that's like 10 seconds long. It's one of the highest production value video I've ever seen. Probably the highest production value I've ever seen out of an NFT project from a video. No surprise um, given it's 10KTF. Consistent with that. And they also teased a comic book. So I'm curious to see what their next steps are. It seems like the phase of random like sign up to do some sort of battle thing might be over for them. And, did you do um, that, Spencer? Did you do the mission? I did the mission. I was lucky enough to randomly be refreshing the page yesterday when there was the two-hour window to sign up for the mission they didn't announce. Um, it failed. And people think that it's, it's like a part of the narrative. And for anyone who doesn't know, 10KTF does these like surprise missions where they say um, that the shop is being attacked and they need you to like put put out your your army and equip them with 10KTF stuff. And then you go on a mission to protect. And yesterday was the first one that failed. So people think it's part of the like the um, changing narrative of the story to like, you know, build out like what what they're trying to do with the production value. And, and Man, it failed because they, they, they announced it like an hour before it happened and you had two hours to sign up for it. So if you didn't happen to be there and they only announced it like in Discord. So I'm hoping that the people who signed up for that mission get some sort of extra bonus um, because that would be sweet for me, but probably not great for the rest of them. I think they're really towing a line of what's like a cool reveal and then what's like, you know, an issue. Nick, go ahead. I I was just gonna say, I, man, I love the narrative development side of things. I don't know that I like their uh, their storyline, but the same thing is going on with goblins, and I, I, I just think that we're gonna see a lot more of this in terms of uh, multi act plays. That this is what I was, or whatever you want to call it, stories, um, and and that there's more uh, as Pio describes it as performance art, but basically that there's various phases of these storylines. It's difficult with some of these projects, like I think a Board Ape Yacht Club, where they're trying to sort of retroactively attach uh, a storyline, and that's kind of like kind. Of, it's part partially the beauty of it as well. When you think of, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name of the uh, of the uh, boat. Um, no, oh my God, what's the project that came out? Boats of and Hose Step Brothers, no, no, or no, okay, no, that came Boating out of Board Ape Yacht Club. With the keys that you can buy for Jenkins, for Jenkins the valet. There you go. Where th they're retroactively uh, developing a storyline, which is interesting. But I just think we're going to see a lot more of this. And I, I, personally, I could care less, like about comics. Like th that's not my medium of consumption of stories and narratives. But like the, in terms of the art is dope. But I never usually I. I Instead, you end up watching it via like movies or, you know, to each their own in terms of the medium that they prefer to consume it. I always viewed comics as just a piece of art, less so while wow, this is a really well-developed narrative. Um, but I but I do like uh, and I'm going to inflame a bunch of people by saying that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to observe how those are all ma uh, manifesting on the sense in the sense that hey, these are like media companies that are developing those narratives. So it's pretty cool to, to see and uh, exciting that 
there's going to be more projects doing doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 10KTF is just so cool and just kicking ass, in my opinion. And I slept on it so hard. I, we, you know, we all we bought in early and then we got incredibly impatient and started complaining. And then I like woke up and figured out like, oh, this is actually were we complaining? Time. I feel like I was, it, it, I was I, complaining. I feel like this sat in our wallets and then it was like, I mean, we bought random clothing items and stuff. But the thesis, we, we had the thesis that the consumable clothing items would go up in price because of a supply squeeze and that the reusable uh, clothing items would go up in price because you needed them to craft and there was a limited supply and both came true. They actually came true to such an extreme case that the thimble and like the scissors or whatever had like one of them had zero listings. You couldn't buy it on the secondary. It was like the most intense supply squeeze ever. And it went up by like at least a 10x. It went to multiple Ethereum, maybe over three Ethereum. It was crazy. I, I actually feel like we're in a period of 10 KTF being slept on again right now. There's just such a huge opportunity here, though, when you think about the integration of like social media and narrative development and storytelling and the fact that like the audience can part like is participatory content. And you already get that. But the the distinction here is that your audience has a stake in it. And I, I think that's so undervalued and so underappreciated right now that there's how you can name on one hand the number of projects that have actually developed a narrative that's worth paying attention to in any form whatsoever. And I think that that's what is just, that that's going to become a medium of content that's going to, that's going to be a whole vertical, in my opinion. And when you think of books, or you think of movies, or you think of all these different things, participatory media is something that NFTs enable in such a massive way and have basically we have barely scratched the surface of it and so that's something that's just wildly exciting because you can do full-blown character development and there's so many different ways to become creative with that where the actual the characters are the people in the community there's so many different things and, and uh anyways i i don't know it, it, i'm geeking out on this but i i just think that we've just grazed the surface and uh when we say hey we're still early it really is. That is something that I do fundamentally believe. And while the speculative stuff is exciting, uh, the people that actually end up developing um, these storylines, it's, it's going to be really cool to see uh, what can actually be built. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw to Kyle, who's been patiently waiting with his hand raised for a minute. But just to add to what you're talking about, I've been talking about this really for like a full year uh, with NFTs because I NFTs give that proof of concept initially and show that X number of millions of dollars can be generated by this IP so that it's a proven entity. Like, go make the book because we already know that the IP is attractive to an audience, right? It's already generating money. And when we talk about this, right, I was trying to get my guy Schwaz to come on stage. I don't think he wants to, uh, but I was trying to get my guy Schwaz to come on stage because he pinged me this morning and told me he bought another Akutar and he thinks that they're at a good price right now. And I'm just so incredibly biased. I don't want everyone to be like, you know, shut shut the hell up, P.O. All you do is talk about Akutars. But I just responded to him. I was like, yeah, no shit. 
you know, and then he he goes to me, there's only 653 Akutars listed out of 15,000. And I go, yeah, again, no shit. This is exactly what we saw with the Aku chapters for a full calendar year. And now what a surprise. The Akutars only have 653 listed out of 15,000. And Pranksy did his second floor sweep on the project. Deez is bought in. Uh, this is the quintessential project, in my opinion, that you know fulfills what you're talking about nick i was hoping to get somebody else to come on stage and say that because i'm so heavily biased but whatever um kayo you're on stage it says that you are i think you've been on the show before you're 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 like captain jack sparrow attached to the seas of nfts you're a full-time researcher Okay, and and you're a mod for a project. Don't talk about that project, though. To clarify, not on our oh, Don't worry, I'm not going to talk to that project. I know the rules. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> I don't so, want to be kicked off. Do, do you work full-time in, in Web3? Are you a, is like your whole life? Yes. Oh, epic, man. Well, shout yeah, out to you. Let, let's go. Um, <laughs> what, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's start talking about Nifty Poro, right? Like, who Nifty Poro, who's not there, losing the chance to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah, that's our NFT, ladies and gentlemen. He's referring, yeah, he's referring to the fact that our community basically open sources information and surfaces it insanely quick. So quick that old guys like me and Nick aren't able to take advantage of it. But savvy, savvy people like Easy and Benjamin uh, and, you know, all, all the people in our Discord are. But yes, go ahead, Kaya. We, we are the every single DGN project. Like I, I like yesterday before going to bed, we went. We got into the leave me alone, right? Like 0.03, 0.04. Woke up, 0.21. That's Damn. awesome. Another one, man. Damn. <laughs> one more. Like Street Lab. We we went, we bought when it was what? 0.1. Point, went all the way up 0.4. I love that. We, we are nailing. Like we are killing it. That's perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for rubbing it in yeah. me and Nick's face, Kyle, because we are not killing it. We're, we're you know, busy. You, ma- you were content. there. You were, just, you were there, but you guys like to buy on the top. So, <laughs> you're what you're can we do? <laughs> Get this guy off stage because you guys like to buy the top. Keep him. Keep him. I love it. <laughs> no, that, that's the that's truth. Like, you're there, like, and you pop up in the, on the chat, like, what the hell is this? And then you don't buy. And then when he's in the top, like, oh, I think it's good. So, that's not good. No, my strategy <laughs> is to hop into the Discord, uh, be like, wait, what is this project you guys are randomly discussing? Yeah, I'll buy some of this. And then I'm like, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> he yeah, but not buy in until after Nick dumps the top. So he buys <laughs> and then he'll dump it, and that's the buy signal. <laughs> that but, is true. but I would like to bring one thing that made me really excited. I don't know, like, if you got, I, I actually brought that to Nick Poro about Vivid. That Vivid meet out yesterday with um, pretty much 888 uh, supply. 800, supply uh, at 0.25 and 0.25 and 0.3 public. And there, I was in the Discord during the meet. It's, it, I, has, I haven't seen the, those kind of vibe for long. That was 300 people hooked on the, on the voice chat, like especially Japanese people. So I think I, I, this has a huge potential because they already have like a manga ready and the art compared to those PXN and even Azuki, it's it's way better. Plus, this artist on Vivid 
he's he's huge in Japan, especially in Japan. Like I think if we talk about potential in the legit project, I would bet on Vivid. It just sorry. It, how do you spell that project name? Is it Vivid? Vivid? Like V I V I D. V V I V F D. Even if you go to their Twitter, you can see I I, I they have like forty. What influencers like big names like even I don't know if you guys are that but what's their Twitter? Twitter vivid v i v i d like Bent Boy uh, Sorry, Maury, their, their Twitter account is just vivid. No, I think it's vivid limited. Are, am I right? Um, uh, vivid dot at okay the arroba at at arroba sorry at vivid v i v i d c o g j p v i v i d C O A J P, not C O J P. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm having trouble finding it. But is it is V V I V I D? That's. I I got it. So on OpenSea, is it Vivid Limited? Yes. Okay. The cool. Yeah, the Vivid Limited. So 662 ETH the volume traded, really strong, unique ownership, over 50% already, 4,600 on, on an 8888 collection, I'm assuming. 0.4 floor price pre-reveal. When's this thing revealing? Uh, 48 hours for me, so probably today, probably Saturday, 48 hours after reveal. But they're trying to do an Asian time, so it's probably going to be uh, something bet between Saturday to Sunday, so Saturday night or sun Sunday really morning. Sure. So this sector of the NFT market, in my opinion, is still wide open given the controversy yeah. surrounding Azuki. Uh, obviously, Azuki is not like by any means in the dumpster. The floor is 10 and a half Ethereum, but I believe it was 12 Ethereum in the past 48, 72 hours, which means it's possible that some of these other projects are taking a little bit of the market share away from Azuki. But yeah, I mean, look, hey, thanks for servicing it. It wasn't on my radar. Um, I think it's worth looking into. It looks like the website is very well put together uh -huh. which in the nft space that's a, a big bullish indicator right um but yeah i mean it, it'll be very interesting to see how the anime meta ends up playing out in the nft space i'm going to give you guys a little room reset here uh ladies okay. and gentlemen if this is your first Thank time you. listening, of, of course guys stick around man um, sure. if this is your first time listening this is the nft morning show we do the show monday through friday 9 a.m to 10 30 a.m this is the last show of the week we discuss all things nft market nft trading what the stories of the day are what the stories of the week of the month are um and just anything that's on your mind nft wise all of our content is sponsored by ftx you can sign up at the nifty.com slash ftx or with the code the nifty on your ftx mobile app ftx is rolling out a stock trading product uh sam bankman fried the ceo and founder of ftx just bought a sizable share of Robinhood, so you know some good stuff is going to be happening there probably some collaboration between those two entities nick were you gonna add something no you you were unmuted i couldn't tell anyway uh ftx has gasless transactions on nfts and some of the cheapest prices in the business for crypto uh and if you buy more than ten dollars of crypto you get free crypto so you're making money using the platform uh and of course our nft is pinned to the top if you want to join our club join our community uh check it out Buy it on OpenSea. The link's up there. Uh, and hope you enjoy the show. We're going to go now for another 40 minutes till 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Easy, you have your hand raised. Are you done? Uh, did, did you birdie the ninth hole? Are you off the golf course? What's going on? 
Yeah, I just wrapped up. Uh, a nice bogey to end the round. Not too mad about it. But I wanted to talk Akuma Dragons. They revealed this morning. Yeah. So that happened. Massive pullback. I uh, kind of expected that, to be honest. Wait, but I'm curious. If, what, what's the floor? Oh, it's my God. Four. You still have free money, Nick. Don't worry. Oh. And you might have a rare. Check out your, your dragon. I'm trying to refresh the metadata on my dragon. It's not working. I like how these look better than the Solana ones. So what do you think, Easy? Uh, if it gets to like 0.35, I'm a buyer. Okay. Very so that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I mean, three to, 0.3 to 0.35 is kind of the area that I'm hoping for. Uh, we saw it get all the way up to 0.85, a few sales around 0.9. I do think the buying pressure is still there. There's some stuff that I'm waiting for from the team to start like releasing announcement-wise, what's next. Post-reveal, I think they handled the contract as well as they could have. Um, it's still sold out, which I was pleasantly surprised about, uh, especially them being able to keep the timeline. Quick reveal, I'm always a fan of as well. So seeing this pullback to like 0.4, I expected it to go down to about 0.45, 0.4 area. That's why if it goes a little bit lower, I'm definitely a buyer. I think longer term, these do do well. 80,000 raffle entries for 5K supply for public was still pretty surprising to me. So seeing that makes me kind of bullish. It shows that there's demand even before they minted. Well, so you're alluding to your surprise. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. You, on your show, on Solana Made Easy, which happens Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern uh, on Twitter Spaces, you were uh, speculating that they might not sell out. That yeah. wasn't oh, the best absolutely. take, was it, Easy? No, God, no. And I was very surprised seeing the raffle numbers. Because to me, seeing them come from the Solana side, you don't see Dragon PFTs anymore. Like, it was a massive trend for a while. That was like the clear leader at the time, SMBs and Boryokus. And then it kind of went quiet. But it sounds like they've been working behind the scenes with some ETH individuals to keep that hype from that perspective and are kind of still working to drive utility and value on it. But yeah, I, if they went full public mint, gas war, whole nine. I think this would have taken a little bit to sell out. I don't think it would have been instant. Well, they even had a mistake, right? They exactly. had that mistake. And that was the weird trading action. That's like... I, I say it all the time. Like I change my perspective on things frequently. I, I watch the market a lot. And seeing that floor pump when they were fixed at a 3,200 supply because of the contract issue, that was the most surprising part about the entire trade. Because they went from 0.169 to almost immediately to 0.65, pushed down to where they are now. This is all pre-reveal and then pumped once they said we're pausing the contract, minting directly and airdropping. Um, that led to them moving all the way up to that 0.8 area where I was like, this is interesting price action, especially because they're guaranteed whitelist. So the Solana Blood Moon that you could have bought was a free mint, but it was trading at 1.2 ETH. So anyone who bought that from the soul side of things is technically underwater, uh, unless you obviously got it from an airdrop from holding one of the Genesis dragons. But it's an interesting take because each Genesis got two of those. That should put them at with a floor price of 0.4 or 3.8 still underwater if you bought one so like, there's a couple interesting dynamics i'm watching to try to figure out how this thing actually trades today if they catch a pump today from where they are now up to like 0.6 again then i it wouldn't surprise me if over the next week and a half two weeks they get over one one eth eventually so i mean i'm a, definitely keeping an eye on it there was a six eth sale in the past 60 seconds yeah so for me i'm sitting here trying to watch this i would personally love to pick up two at 0.35 maybe three uh, if it gets down to that, but I've been kind of keeping a tab on this while navigating the golf course this morning. One and a half ETH sale to an offer accepted five minutes ago. Several people are buying ETH. the rares. So I have a buddy who has a rank like 140, 
And he's like, do I list this for three? And I, th- I think it would actually probably sell for three ETH right now, seeing some the, of the sales the, activities. The real floor is 0.52 based on a DM. Uh, yeah, and- NFT Nerds has it at 0.5 right now. Ha <laughs> ha Let's go. Very nice. Uh, uh, I got to stop know- talking about it and start flooding it so that I can get in at my entry. Well, look, I mean, easy. I'm, I'm you know, uh, you're one of the best traders on the stage, if not the best. Uh, you, you watch the one-minute candles. Sometimes, though, I think that you sleep on the really, really good stuff. And All the time. This, <laughs> this, was this not one of the big ones on uh, Solana? Like, I know you said it faded, but the Solana, you know, the traders on Solana, they don't think that long-term, and now I'm going to get killed no. by the Solana. No, no I think that's very accurate. You hear how we talk on the space every day. It's quick trades. We're looking for quick movement, active trades, what's ongoing. And this took over a month from when they teased it in the Dragon's Discord to when they actually launched. You could have bought those free mints for 20 soul when soul was $45. So even that was a trade in itself. And I should have been watching those closer because that was a clear indication on the demand. Was people paying over an ETH for the free mints? That's like a very clear sign that there's demand on this. And for, I don't know why I'm so dumb fading this. I mean, I fade a lot of stupid shit, but this was up there for one of the worst ones that I was like bearish on. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking about this. and like, if they pull this off, they kept the same Solana Discord. That's bullish for cross-chain. I've been preaching for like the last month now about how I'm a believer in like a, a multi-chain world at the end of the day. So this is like, I should not have been fading this as hard as I was and I'm still now kicking myself. So I'm hoping it pulls back, but my gut's telling me this is going to push back up to 0.7 today. It's going to, it, yeah, I mean, it's going to go, I think. Yeah, it uh, looks like it. Easy, our mutual friend is probably smiling ear to ear right now because uh, he, he thought you were fading hard. So Yeah, this, the amount of shit talking I've gotten from him over me being like, I don't know, man, only for him to be like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. I did cut <laughs> one of mine at 0.84, so I was very happy about my exits uh, on the two that I kept. Now I'm just like, shit, though. I don't, I don't even want to go look if I pulled a rare because I know I'd be kicking myself. Yeah, don't definitely don't do that. So we have Frozen Grapes on stage, who I believe I believe you've been on the show before. Your name sounds familiar. It says that you are a spaces sponge and you are crypto class of 2013. So you've been around the block uh, and you got a moonbird. It looks like uh, what is going on, Frozen Grapes? GM, GM. Yeah, I've been listening to the show since I think early September when you guys first started. I was on oh, shit. days, uh, portal holder since day one, but. I wanted, yeah. share, I wanted to share some alpha, but if you guys have heard it before, obviously interrupt me uh, mid-sentence. But Rebels by Night, uh, have you guys discussed this yet? I've been screaming in Portal Channel since February 2nd. I just looked back at it. Rebels by Night by K-N-I-G-H-T? Uh, like night, like day and night. Okay, by night. Okay, Rebels by Night, 20-item uh, so- collection? No, it's not released yet. It's uh, minting June 12th. Okay. Uh, Nas, who is the chief information security officer at A16Z Crypto, is the founder. Uh, O'Shiny is an advisor. Blau is an advisor. Elena Salank, I think I'm pronouncing your name right, is an advisor as well. Uh, I just wanted to obviously pre-launch, get that out there uh, to the people listening. Yeah, I'm pulling up the Twitter right now. Looks like some cool 3D art, insanely high detail art. Um, that team that you just mentioned is fire. Yeah, they got Blau, they got Shiny, 
Excuse me. Um, and I mean, that founder from A16Z, that's very bullish. Uh, so how does somebody get on the allow list for this thing? So the Discord has been open since the beginning of January. So it's one of those projects where the hype has been kind of marinating for about six months at this point. I think they're just looking to do it right. NASA has been in a lot of like Morgan spaces, just listening. I see him around uh, talking to Blau on, on Twitter and just interacting with all the big figures. But there's some cool functionality that they're releasing where you can like wear some of your other uh, PFPs on the avatar, um, like the form of patches. So, I mean, they're going to be innovating for sure. Um, and some of those technical resources, I would definitely look out for it. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a good one. I will have uh, I'm going to see if we can get some allow list spots for our discord. If they're doing that, I'll have our BD team reach out to them. This is a great one. Anything else on your mind, Frozen Grapes? Any other projects that you're looking at that are already out or anything that's coming up? I'm just looking forward to uh, NFT NYC, uh, meeting some people IRL. Uh, excited for the Moonbird, Moonbirds event. Uh, obviously going to be attending the Rug Radio event as well. Um, if you guys are hosting an event, I will definitely be there. Yeah, we're hosting an event, MFR. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday, June 21st, so the Tuesday of that week from 5 p.m. to 7.30 uh, p.m. at Mr. Purple in Lower East Side. Hope that we see you there. Uh yeah, the Moonbirds event should probably be pretty good. We took the Moonbirds poster and we made a parody of it for our event. We so had we the were... date first, though. They're, they're hosting one at basically the same time or ju- uh, that goes right after. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I close hope that... Close by, uh, actually, though. Close by? Perfect. So you can come to both Frozen Graves. How about that? Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for pulling me up. Of course. Of course. Um, so we have this gentleman... I Miller or L Miller uh, looks like he speaks goblin, but he's also a pack person, a, a worldwide webland person and an Aku moon God. So he and I are our fellow moon gods. Much respect. What's going on? What's up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I switched okay. to voice modulator. Oh, hey. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so strange talking human again. I just want to preface <laughs> that I am using the Scomener um, Goblin to Human Modulator interface, uh, which does come stock with all our HTXS uh, digital display hats. But, yeah, thanks for having me up. <laughs> Very nice. Well, it was cool to hear somebody that clearly is a native Goblin speaker. Uh, what is on your mind? What are you seeing in the NFT market? Yeah, so narrative is my place. Um, I'm an uh, IRL immersive entertainment producer, and uh, I run a haunted attraction by night, and I NFT by day. Um, so uh, narrative has always been the at the forefront for me. So I started really um, my biggest collection started with the Aku uh, chapter collection. I started yeah. with chapter one and made my way through. Was and that the first NFT you bought? It was not the first, but it was the first. Like um, it was the first. Uh, narrative driven that I really got into. Yep. Okay. So, um, so I'm closely watching narrative space, and of course, Aku world is unfolding uh, slowly, well, quickly actually, but uh, slowly in crypto time it seems like. And um, I'm I'm just extremely bullish on anything that can create a narrative pre-launch and then implement utility along the way. I think that if by combining those two uh, aspects, that's that's how you get the powerhouse, especially if the narrative is is fully formulated before the rollout begins. Um, and and of course, like what we're seeing with Goblin Town, it's an absolutely awesome way to roll out with the IPFS changes. Um, who knows what's coming with these burgers uh, tonight? But I know all the gobbies out there are super stoked. 
<laughs> so I made a call, I guess you could say, uh, one yesterday and really two days ago when the floor was around 70th. And because a lot of times in the NFT space when things seem too easy, like it's just easy free money, uh, it is too easy, right? And it is you know, too good to be true. And the call that I made was that the price, the floor price of a floor goblin and the floor airdrop, right? The airdrop that's coming today. I'm assuming it hasn't come yet, right? Um, Correct. The, the combined price of those two would actually be less than 70 uh, right after the airdrop. Because a lot of times in the NFT space, when things are too good to be true, they actually are in the sense that it was just too easy to buy the goblin as soon as they announced the airdrop. Um, do you, I, I mean, you have a goblin, so I'm assuming you don't share that opinion, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, actually, I, I have a couple of goblins, um, and I bought on the way up. I did not get in at the at the free mint, uh, but as I watched the narrative uh, develop, and um, and you know, I quickly un like for me, uh, goblin is is a way of life. I've always uh, I've always had an inner goblin. So the narrative really speaks to me, and the ability to come into play into spaces and to essentially cosplay uh, into a world that could very easily become a LARPing world is extremely exciting from an immersive uh, production and entertainment standpoint. So if the burgers roll out in the way that a lot of us are thinking, they could just directly change the, um, the initial uh, token. So if we see that happen, it would be non-dilutive and it would be a very, the first time that that would happen where an airdrop actually is a non-dilutive um, transformation token. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on record saying that I think that the the um, goblins have just been performing insanely well in, in terms of like the way that they're actually approaching this buildup. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed. I don't have any. Uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think that it has real potential to be a big deal in the space longer term, especially depending on how the burger truck or, or whatever we get at NFT NYC works out. Is there anything else that you're looking at in the market, Miller? I'm, I'm, I'm very deep into POC, and I'm just waiting for the next cycle for POC, actually. Um, and, and then I'm just looking for narrative. Uh, I think um, there are a couple projects that, uh, that look like they're coming out that have some interesting potential for narrative. Um, but Honestly, no, I don't have any. I don't have any extra alpha beyond uh, beyond just the factors of narrative driven by utility. Okay, and I have one question though about PAC. Uh, I've bought several pieces by PAC. I believe every single time I've bought a PAC piece, uh, I've ended up selling it for a sizable profit. Right. So in general, uh, PAC and I have a very good relationship. However, you well, know, it's, it's you know if you if you rearrange the letters of it's spelled Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> so look, we, we've gone on record. We've actually even like uh, Pac is like engaged with Nick's tweets before because um, there was some confusion from me ar around finishing the projects, right? Like actually finishing what Pac starts. And I did see him posting some stuff about Lost Poets, which were born out of the blank pages. I'm wondering, you said you're waiting for the next cycle of Pac. Does that mean another primary sale? Does that mean another $100 million plus dollar event for Pac? Or does that mean a finish or a continuation of all the previous projects that have come out? 
Yeah, no, it's time for conclusion for some of the projects or at least the next step. So Lost Poets is what I'm most um, most excited for. Obviously, we're waiting for the twist in that story. And uh, it's there's no telling what's going to occur at that point. I also I trust uh, I trust the story of Pac mostly because they have been in the space for so long they understand the cycles and the cycles and the waves of uh of crypto in general are um almost they're extremely tellable at this point and so uh as you follow Pac, you notice that they they time things almost uh, perfectly at the tops and bottoms in terms of how they roll things out. So I, I have a lot of faith in it. I, I have a, I, I've got a lot of just like personal, personal uh, faith that uh, we're going to see some extreme valuation for Pac in the coming future. Well, well I also have, I have some projections about them. So so far they've done uh, circles. They've also done squares or cubes. Uh, as we're familiar, I'm guessing some triangles start coming out next. Um, so that's my bold <laughs> prediction. Uh, and actually, if you uh, another word for uh, triangle is pyramid. And so when you start putting <laughs> two and two together, you realize that this is one giant pyramid scheme and everyone involved in it is being completely screwed. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it, they have one of the most unsustainable things. I love the idea that like uh I think PO's spot on. You, you easily need to do another $100 million drop in order to complete the full uh, narrative development there of Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's, it's very possible that, uh, you know, it, it'll be a struggle. Or, but most of us that are in POC, I think, from the, that we're in from the beginning, we're, we're in it for, um, for the underside. We're in it for what POC has, uh, has created behind the scenes. Like all of the drops have been uh, in order to usher new mechanic creation into the space, which countless projects have used since POC has launched them. So a lot of it is provenance setting. And uh, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of personal interest in that. Like those who are in the space that are building and not just launching nft but are launching mechanics and contracts alongside which are helping to evolve the space and therefore our yeah. species in general i mean it, it is a form of art and i do go hard on uh, the pox stuff only just because it seems so ludicrous uh like the difference between you know a project that makes um you know a hundred million dollars in a project that makes a million dollars oftentimes it's just like the ambition that they have and uh the the reductive form of their art to me is always uh it's it's always something which is um triggering but i think you know some of the best art can uh be that way so yeah yeah and, and just for me to add like for a long time miller i was one of the guys that would like nick was early on on like identifying you know our current opinion on on Pac, um, and I was early on saying like you just don't get it nick like this is advanced shit you don't get it it lost me when they put out uh, the new project when I felt that the Lost Poets and the pages had not been completed. I Even mean, though I, I mean, the I, maps, the fucking maps that people are drawing of the way that the whole Lost Poets and all of the theories go out, it's like, holy shit, like, are you down, like, deep in the puzzle of, of Pac? But you know what? You know, if you're able to keep a large enough audience... Uh, engaged and entertained with that with that uh, form of art, then props to you. 
Yeah. And, and yeah. real quick, just to be clear, I made money off the pages. So it wasn't like I lost money and I was disgruntled. I was profiting and questioning, just not really understanding. And our in-house artist uh, that we work with, um, a gentleman named XP, has gotten really mad at me when I talk uh, any sort of like kind of questioning of Pac. And he said, Pac is using the blockchain as his canvas, which I think is a great line. It's a, and Pac should say that, you know? But my And I agree with everything you're saying about the innovation that comes along with Pac. But my thing is, all that innovation... Every single time it comes with a $100 million primary sale, right? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I, I agree on so many of these points. Uh, for for those of us who entered the space to escape just the, the trading aspect, I will say that it, it was one of the first fresh breaths of air. And I... I a lot of the things I buy, I buy because I have some kind of deep-rooted connection to the content of the process of the creator. And so I, I buy knowing that this is all going to zero as soon as I lay my head down for the last, uh, for the last night. So um, I, I, uh, I love it for what it is, not necessarily for what it's valued at, which doesn't make me the best trader, but sometimes I have some, uh, some amazing days in the market. Absolutely. And like, just to give perspective, when I first started making NFT content, I said I wasn't going to focus on the financial side at all. I was only going to focus on the art side. And the problem was no one consumed that content at all. But it does still reflect in my quote unquote trading, uh, you know, diamond handing things through reveal and having things not work out. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you shared great perspective on Pac. Thank you for joining. LuliMF.eth, I believe you've been on the show before. Art is for youth. Tech is for the future. What's going on? There he is. That's some great insight. Luli. Hey, I really agree with what you're saying there. Really appreciate that. Um, we can move on to uh, STM Dot. Hey, guys. Thanks for um, bringing me up. I'm tuning in from Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, also just uh, joined the Nifty Portal NFT community. Shout out to my homie, Ka Kave, who is also listening right now. Um, I have two questions. Uh, one, one is uh, regarding the Gen School K Club, which I recently uh, joined. What's your take on that? And then maybe uh, to the whole um, change of the narrative of the current situation with the goblins and the freemans, there is one pro project I'm uh, following closely right now. It's called uh, Black Square underscore art. Uh, it's a freemint. So um, yeah, maybe some alpha for that. Sorry, what's the name of that? Uh, the first one was Jen's Croquet Club. Jen's Croquet Club. Exactly, exactly. I just recently joined the club. And uh, are you a big croquet player? Uh, no, like um, they had a unique approach to acquire people because um, if you wanted to have a whitelist, you had to be on a video call for fifteen minutes and talk about uh, you and yourself, which value you are bringing to the project. And then uh, it was up to them if you decide if, if they decide to take you or not. I was following this project very closely, actually, and the mint process for it was really interesting too. It gave me a lot of like the niche kind of high-end consumer vibes, similar to like a proof. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. do you hold one right now? Yeah, I, I do hold right now one. I was I, I minted one, I got accepted, so I was lucky on that. And uh, the second one, it's uh, Black Square underscore Art. This is one that's a free mint, and I think the art is dope. Kind of, I mean, it didn't launch, 
yet, but I think they're kind of ready to roll out or something. So, yeah. And it, it fits the, the whole uh, Freeman narrative right now. Someone is uh, met in our Discord said it's the Imam Godzi exclusive exactly, club. Exactly, exactly. This is the He's a digital team. marketer. Does he also yeah. happen to be a drop shipper? I hope not. <laughs> uh, hope so. Uh, E-commerce. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, like this is uh, this is his project. I think. I, I don't want to sl slander his name though, because I, I I don't know anything about uh, Imam. But um, I mean, it sounds like you're uh, passionate about this project. Uh, it's it just um, I had this proof collective narrative uh, vibe. You know, that's why I joined the club. So I'm not like I'm not super passionate about this. Um, that's, I, just, I just wanted to ask, um, what's your take uh, on that, guys? I think I think it's hard to develop the proof collective narrative for basically anything. There was the G, what was G the, Money the, comes close. G Money, G Money, yeah, yeah, G Money's done a good job though. Although that one, well, yeah, that one's interesting. It's at like CPG, seventeen ETH. Okay, CPG Club was another one, but I I thought that one was interesting because it felt like what they essentially did was just airdrop the NFTs. Uh, to people who they, uh, you know, thought were influential individuals and then uh, and then pointed to their floor price as a demonstration of the value. Then they mm -hmm. did another drop. And then that that price after a short pump dropped precipitously. I don't know what it's at right now, but at last I checked, it was around like one ETH or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and and just in general, it's hard to sustain those things. And I I. I always find it interesting the ones uh the ones that do um but you know it, it's it's more it's easier to sustain you know at least if you're building a business but i mean it does seem like a valid pitch H how many of them are in that uh specific collection it's a super small collection of 970 i think i think yeah it's 970 it's nfts it's pretty hilarious that we're, and I don't know if hilarious is the right word, but last year there were a lot of collections of like 100 and 200 where mm -hmm. like literally a bunch of people would just get in the Discord and the price would pump and they just would pump the price and then uh, people would start selling them at, you know, ridiculously high prices for like a brick, a picture of a brick or something like that. <laughs> and, and, and there were people that would like fall for that. But now that's been like uh, sort of standardized as like an acceptable thing that you do from a uh, collective standpoint. That said, you know, I, I don't say that to like uh, throw shade at uh, the projects like Proof and stuff because they're like actively developing things. And I, I believe that a CPG Club is as well. And there's a number of others that are operating mm -hmm. in that space. And we're seeing a bunch of people take that approach Um including uh john carlo i feel like that uh was, yep. was one and then we're just seeing a lot of those i mean part of me feels like and we had discussed this earlier on was like limiting the size of our nft project we we ended up going larger and it so it takes a longer time for you to for you to grow an audience sufficient to actually sustain that um but it's an interesting approach you know at the end of the day how many of those memberships can i be can i be in and that's the thing that i really struggle uh, to mm -hmm. figure out, you know, I, I was never it, like I haven't joined like Soho House or anything else <laughs> like that. And yet I'm now in like, well, actually, you're in a lot I'm, of clubs. You got Fly Fish Club. You're you're in. A, that's the only one that I'm in, actually, as I think about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's it's a limited set. And I don't know how many of those I, I can uh, 
participate in. Yeah, but thanks Got for it. bringing it up, Stom. Uh, ben Jamin, you sent me an interesting tweet, and I, it felt like you uh, had some analysis based on that. What, what can you kind of share about what you pinged over to me on Discord? I was sending that to you as a topic to cover on the YouTube show later, but yeah, we could oh, okay. front run that a little bit if you want. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it was, um, so there's a, an, an account called uh, nftstatistics.ethpunk9059 who's been putting out great content over the last like month or so. And one of the posts that they put out was about um, companion drops and how they've affected NFT projects. And for the most part, companion or secondary drops have not necessarily um, held up well long term for a project. So it was something interesting that I I wanted to potentially cover later. But you know, would would be happy to you know have any thoughts on on what people people think. And you know, it was referring mostly to the 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 higher price ones like Azuki and Clonex and Cool Cats. But yeah, it's a it's definitely a very interesting topic to see how the pricing has held up for secondary companion drops. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we can workshop this for a few minutes here. I think that when you look at board API club, that's by far the strongest. And when you think about it, it's all about expanding the audience size or, or, or the size of the club, if you will, I'd say the other one would be Moonbirds. And when you look at Moonbirds, right, proof only had a run of a thousand. And when the market woke up to proof, it literally shot up to like 120. I think the top on proof was 120. So naturally, then they only did a 10,000 piece Moonbird collection. So that's only 11,000 total assets. It makes sense on why that one held up so well. Board Ape Yacht Club was a cultural phenomenon. It was the equivalent of a, a blockbuster movie. So then when you give 10,000 dogs and 20,000 mutants and you say that the mutants are the only other way to get into the club, it kind of makes sense that the floors on those have really done well. Other projects that were strong for their primary drops, like a Dead Fellows, a World of Women, right? They expanded their collections by a lot. I believe there's 20,000 World of Women Galaxy. When it's unclear what, what the value add is of the companion drop, it's hard to sustain. And so, for example, a lot of people bought World of Women Galaxy at 1 ETH, it ran up to 2 ETH, and now I believe it's at it's at like 0.5 or 0.6 ETH, so 50% of the, of the price that a lot of people paid for it. Not saying that these things can't come back, but yeah, I mean, short of Board API Club and Moonbirds, I, I don't know if I'm missing any. I don't know, Nick, Signal, Easy, Node, anybody can think of any uh, that I'm missing here, but short of Board API Club and Moonbirds, expanding the ecosystem hasn't necessarily been a positive thing i yeah. would like to i would like to speak ahead, to the narrative aspect sorry for jumping in so abruptly um the the narrative aspect is so uh, intrinsically attached to the emotional connection of the audience and so i think we can't overlook that aspect when we are uh, making our plays because um if if there's not a story behind a behind a token then there really is there's no reason to love it what's a dog if it's just a robot right so um, you can't, you know, you can't cuddle up with it on the couch. So I really do think that narrative is going to become more and more of a defining factor in what succeeds in the space other than mechanical utility. You're totally right, man. A hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, we'll, uh, we'll dive deep, uh, on the show with Ben, uh, later today. It's going to be me, Nick and Ben on YouTube. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, just as far as anything else that we saw in, uh, the discord yesterday or in the NFT space, you know, we have some recaps that are being posted in our discord, uh, right now. Okay. So someone in our discord actually just pointed out doodles has held strong. However, 
uh, and and they have. However, uh, the top was actually before the airdrop, right? Like, Node, wasn't the top on Doodles like 25 ETH or something right when the airdrop was announced? Yeah, yeah, thanks for the reminder. That was when uh, <laughs> I thought it was on, on live on YouTube. I, I was like, oh, these things are going to 30 ETH. I better delist mine at 26, you know, and uh, that was the top. So, but at the same time, that was a unique time in the market because everything melted down right around then. So it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely hard to say, but people are insanely bullish on that team specifically. So that absolutely has something to do with it. Um, as far as other stories, right, we've been seeing a little bit of fatigue on Goblin Town derivatives, specifically projects like Hobo Town were free mints um, and others that ended up losing steam. This fits into what we talk about when we say that trends you need to catch early and they can end up fading really fast so people start chasing a trend and it doesn't end up working out um it looks like there was at least one scam there was a wallet draining project called doodle goblins sounds about right um and that may have been draining people's wallets we already covered star catchers wonder pals bokey um you know any speakers on stage looks like we got nine people no you just raise your hand what's on your mind yeah, I just wanted a couple maintenance housekeeping things for NFTs. If you own a uh, Meta Hero, it's time to unstake. Uh, and you want to do that in the next couple of days so that it's in just one transaction rather than having to go through a little bit more of the hassle. So I would do that. And then the other thing that, that is happening, right, uh, that if you're if you're getting chopped up in the market, I mentioned this the other day that the phrase board, uh, uh, the puzzle, phrase board puzzle, is underway and uh, wanted to publicly thank the Nifty Portal for deciding to compete against me in this challenge. Um, very <laughs> well, much wait, how is it against you? you? It was you're trying to take on a Discord of 4,600 people on your own. Remember, remember <laughs> how I mentioned this? I put it on wax on the show earlier this <laughs> week, and Nick was like, "Oh, this is a cool idea. Well, let's do it." And I'm like, "Yeah, let's figure it out." And then I tried DMing both of you. And I was like, look, I can't transfer it, but I'd be happy to like be the steward, you know? Isn't there a then, channel now for it? And then I turn it? around, what's happening? I got a, I got all the Nifty Portal against me. Here it goes. What? A, I, and I'm going to lose. I'm happy for it. What? I just buy some freaking portals. Why have they turned against you? No, it's not turned against. It's like, I, he DM'd me about it after we talked about it. And I pinged Eric and Elizabeth. And I was like, this is a good idea, right? And they were like, yeah, we're going to run with it. I was like, all right, cool. And then I just never thought about it again. I, I'm really bad at multitasking nodes. So if you DM me something, I, I got to give you my phone number. You're going to have to call me for some of this stuff. But I just had Eric and Elizabeth take care of it. And it sounds like they, they did it in the way that they did, which I guess is great for our entire 4,600 person community but not that great for you specifically it's okay love you all and but now now i feel like there's this conflict of interest right because i have access to that channel so now what <laughs> this is so I, I i just gotta say it out loud you know like what what are we gonna do you've created this this crazy scenario <laughs> i mean it's not that crazy right <laughs> yeah um, i just want to be above board I, I will try my best to stay out of that channel but good luck good luck to all the competitors it sounds good. Well, Node is is just about the most above board guy that I know in the NFT space, or, or you know, no one's more above board than Node. Let's put it that way. Other people are the same, but no one's more above board. Gains felt. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw to you, and then we're gonna have Tornado close us out because it's the weekend. Gains felt. Are, are you realizing your gains? Are you still a, a millionaire after being a, a billionaire here in the NFT space? 
Yeah, so the thing is, uh, you were talking about Proof Collective, and I actually have a Moonbird. And, uh, you know... One so you're not doing after... so bad, man. You're giving, you're being humble saying <laughs> that you've never made money in NFTs. No, no, I haven't realized them. But the thing is, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that you're talking about Proof Collective and Dilution and how it was affecting the floor price. You know, they dropped oddities randomly, unexpected. Yep. And that didn't touch the price at all, so... Yeah. Whenever the floor price get affected, it's always because they make announcements that there will come dilution, there will come a new drop, which pumps up the price and makes it fall back down afterwards. Like we saw with ApeCoin drop to all mutants, like people were buying mutants like crazy. And mutants, they ran up and... 42 ETH floor at the top. Like the second ApeCoin was claimable, people were just flooring them. And that like floor mutants people were flowing them because they only bought on the narrative of getting that dilution and maybe they could make a play on it but if you're a true holder of the project like i really like uh, the approach that moonbirds and the proof collective does where it's like you don't get told exactly what you get dropped but one day they just deliver and you get rewarded for being a holder and then there's no you know extreme price impact where people start panic selling and trying to time the top and bottom very very well put gains felt i'll just quickly mention mutants actually came roaring back right after that pullback you were just talking about the eventual real pullback was after the other deed claim that's when you saw the gnarly dump on yeah from like mid mid to high 30s down to where they're at now which i believe is in the high teens uh tornado I, you've been on stage a few times this week. Uh, it's Friday. I always love to have you close out the show on Friday. Tornado is a very positive and very passionate member of the Nifty Portal community, a, a portal whale. I, I know you have at least 10, and we met you at VCon. We, we had a great time. You mentioned that you're going to come to NFT NYC. It's going to be your first time in New York, so that's going to be a spectacle. Uh, Tornado, close us out. Friday, <laughs> turn that volume up, baby, because we're fucking riding. It's fucking Friday. We're blessed to be alive. I'm blessed to be in the nifty portal. Fucking best energy in the fucking space. We're riding. We're going to make some money. Fuck it. Just good energy. Wake up. Do something good. Go out. Fucking inspire someone. Get up. Go out and fuck the world. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Some conflicting messages there, Tornado. No, I'm just kidding, man. You always kill it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if we're really in a bear market, if we're really in Goblin Town, uh, you know, I feel for you if you lost money, but honestly, it ain't that bad. Uh, between the Goblin Town project pumping, this bulky pump just happened. There's still opportunities out there. Keep your head up. This show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Check out our NFT. It's pinned to the top. Join our community. Come to our event, the week of NFT NYC. June 21st, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at Mr. Purple. Can't wait to see you guys there. Have a great weekend, everyone.